Hallelujah. Um, I just wanted to bring up a couple of things tonight before we get into our message. You know, we've been divorcing Baal, and some of the leaders have assignments, and you go to those leaders and tell them you'll go with them and give them that backup in the prayer. Hallelujah. If all you do is pray in the Spirit, that'll be backup, you know. And so that's a blessing. Um, uh, so, but I did want to mention this. We didn't mention it the other night. We mentioned it briefly, but didn't go into it. But when you go, make sure you get under the blood. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Before you go, it's good to give the angels charge and pray Psalm 91 would be an awesome thing to do before you go and do this. This is spiritual warfare. You know, it, it may not seem like it, but what you're going to be doing when you go there is a prophetic act. That's what they call it, a prophetic act. And you're going to be doing something, prophetic, uh, doing a prophetic act. And it's not the prophetic act so much that, that wins the battle. It's the, it's the words you put with the prophetic act. But uh, God will lead us from time to time to do prophetic acts, and He is. And then I wanted to say, I'm not trying to put you under any kind of restraints or constraints, but in our day and age, we need to be wise. Uh, you know, there's video cameras everywhere. And the devil's looking for, you know. And we were with uh, Lawrence today, and we actually went and did a prophetic act in the county. And we were talking about one place that we need to go and do a prophetic act is the West Alabama Women's Clinic. You know, we had forgot about that where divorcing bail. That's the place in Tuscaloosa you go to get an abortion. And so, you know, but the Lord's just, you know, cautioning me that we need to pray that out and see how to do that because, you know, the last thing we need is something where we were seen on a video camera and they think we're causing trouble at an abortion clinic. So, you know, we'll ask the Lord how to do that. Amen. And then I just wanted to go back over tonight before we get started that we are pursuing in prayer and we are pursuing in, uh, in the messages and uh, not always preaching directly on them, but the revival cultures. And there's 12 revival cultures. Those are the cultures that we need to have uh, built into our church and also to, to not only host a move of God in Alabama, but to sustain a move of God. Hallelujah. We don't want to host something and then it, we want it to have long-term lasting effects that are carried on through even generations. Hallelujah. Should Jesus tarry. Hallelujah. So um, the first revival culture is spiritual fathers and pastor preached on that Sunday and I told him that was awesome. It was awesome. It was just over-the-top awesome. I know in the past, I've not known a lot about spiritual fathers, although like Pastor shared Sunday, we he's had three spiritual fathers, and we've also had a spiritual mother. When we first started out, uh, even before we were filled with the Spirit, my grandmother was our spiritual mother, and she, uh, she was the first spiritual father or mother that we had. And she carried us through... Uh, Starting the church in in Seminole, she carried us way on up. In fact, even she, uh, uh, I'll tell a little bit about this, but she, uh, uh, you know, was praying for us. She was a, every morning up praying for us and helping us. And uh, we really leaned on her in the spirit because we didn't know anything. We didn't have any spiritual strength 
ourselves. We didn't even know how to pray for ourselves as pastors. And so she prayed us through the Bible study that we had before we were pastors and then the in the church. And I know that in, uh, I don't remember when it was, we went to a Seminole to start the church. And sometime quite a, at least a year or two after that, all of a sudden she just picked up from the Assembly of God in Seagrace and came and joined the church by the leading. And Grand Grand didn't come. He stayed in the assembly. He, he, he was not as quick to obey as Granny Hicksie was. He didn't have the walk with God that she had, even though he was saved. And um, so she came, and when she came, about four or five people that had been in our Bible study in Seagraves, they came joined the church in Seminole too. And then God sent some people from Denver City over. It's kind of the golden triangle, Seminole, Denver City, Seagraves, 18 miles apart, you know. And so... Uh, and so anyway, they came and God used them because a woman split our church in 1985 and took nine major tithing families. Hallelujah. She took all the ones that looked good to her, basically. And uh, hallelujah. And praise God. But she didn't know that she took the religious ones. She didn't take the, she didn't take the teachable and the meek. Hallelujah. But anyway, Granny Hicksie was a spiritual mother and saw us through that. And then after that was kind of over, I can't remember. I think they moved to another town. I know they did. I don't know. I don't have the time all that. And then Pastor shared about that. So be sure and get the, the, the teaching and listen to the teaching maybe more than once on spiritual fathers because uh, the Bible says you, you have not many fathers, but you do have many, you will have many instructors, but not many fathers. And so many of the people we've encountered through the years have been marvelous instructors to us and helped us a bunch. Uh, but we've only had one spiritual mother and three spiritual fathers, and all of them gone to be with the Lord now. And so, but, but God's kind of, He's connecting us right now. He's in process of connecting us to uh, our spiritual father. And then the second revival culture is the goodness of God. And, you know, if, if our church already had something down, I believe that one would have been the closest, that we already kind of had a grip on that. Maybe not completely, but that God's always good. In Him is no, uh, he's, he, there is no variableness or shadow of turning. He's good all the time. Everything God does is good, even when we don't think it looks so good. For instance, the flood was good. It was good. It was mercy. It was love. Oh, I forgot. Y'all need to raise your hand and wave. Okay. Children, go to children's church. Thank y'all for being so sweet and patient. Hallelujah. We have marvelous children. Good and patient and respectful. Honoring. Hallelujah. We, they, we need them to stay that way. Hallelujah. So sorry about that. So the goodness of God. And then uh, joy and hope. And that was one that I'm still working on and processing because this is making sure that you keep your joy levels high because the joy of the Lord, our strength is found in joy. Hallelujah. We're not Because what the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So our strength is found in joy. Our healing is found in joy. And we have to, and devil does everything he can to steal our joy from us. And so we have to we have to stay uh, high in our joy levels and and high very high in our hope levels. Keep my hope level high. 
every area that I don't have in my life that I don't have glistening hope. Y'all keep that in mind. Write that down. Glistening hope. Uh, I believe that was a word from the Holy Ghost many years ago to Francis Frangipan or however you say it. That's an interesting name, isn't it? But hope, glistening hope, then we've believed a lie of the devil. And I'm telling you, he's full of them. And he, he's, he's like a machine gun with them some days. You know, have you ever felt that when it was just, they were just coming at you from every direction? Especially, hallelujah, he tries to catch us in a time when, um, hallelujah, we're vulnerable. And sometimes we're most vulnerable when we're having the greatest victories and the greatest successes. Not necessarily when we're down. Uh, hallelujah. And then the fourth one that we've studied, moving on in May to another one, but the fourth one we're studying is honor and how to, how to be honoring. And it means more than just honor your father and mother and be honoring to elders, and be on, although it means that and includes that, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a culture of honor. And here's what it is. It's where you look for the glory in every person you meet, even if they're lost, even if they're a criminal. And uh, one of the teachers tells the story about going in. He was a warden in the prison in England and how he got a hold of this, of looking for the glory in every person. So they brought this prisoner in and he had a guard on every side of him, four guards, and they took him to isolation or whatever they call it. They called it something different in England than in... Um, and they took him in there and... Uh, and so this, uh, this, this guy that's teaching this, he says, uh, he went in and, you know, they've got him bound. And he said he just had an unction from the Holy Spirit. It would have been dangerous if he hadn't. He said, release him. And they said, are you sure? And he said, yes. And he got down on the floor beside him. He's laying on his stomach and just began to talk to him, looking for that glory in him. Hallelujah. And so, and, and he said, uh, that man, you know, began, they, he began to have a, where he could speak into his life and talk to him and tell him things and everything. And so the, the, the boss of, that was over him, he was the boss of the prison, but whoever was higher up over him, they called him in one day and we said, we, you're just, uh, you need to be careful. And he said, what for? And he says, well, the rumors are going around that you like these prisoners and that they like you. Hallelujah. So anyway, so honor, part of honor is not just honoring your father and mother, and that's part of it, and honoring your elders and honoring teachers and honoring those that are in authority, but looking for the glory in every person. And so that has helped me a great deal. And another thing that's really helped me out of the, the uh, culture of honor is this. Because I can, I can tell you there have been some people I've been, I have struggled for a long time with honoring. And the Lord said through them, said, you honor because you're honorable, not because they're honorable. And that really set me free because uh, even when people are hurting you and are abusive or, or just mean or just, you know, you know, just liars even or whatever, you, don't, you can honor when they are in places of authority and when, when it's required that you honor like fathers and mothers who are not honorable and so forth, you can honor because you're honorable, not because they are. And that is helpful. Hallelujah. That'll set you free. 
So I just want to keep us those before us, keep reminding ourselves of them so that we can grow in those in a church and so we can pray into those things. We're always praying into it. Hallelujah. To get out there where we're supposed to be. And all of these cultures, you know, we've been praying for revival for years, but we really didn't know. We was like, okay, you God, you move. And he's like, no, y'all change. You change at River Church. Y'all change. Y'all become the culture I can move in. And all this time he's been saying that, and we hadn't really realized. I mean, we were willing to change, but uh, we haven't been... uh, We've been thinking we were waiting on God, and He's been waiting on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this divorcing Baal, this is part of it. Because when God says, I want you to host a move of God in Alabama, and He says, I'm, uh, what is, what does Chuck Pierce calls that? Fire whatever? You remember uh, Kathleen? Fire, fire. Does anybody remember? Uh, there, he, there, he saw 10 of them in Alabama. Some states didn't have. Oh, I thought there was something fire. Anyway, freedom outpost, whatever. When he talks about that, hallelujah, lost my thought trying to figure out what the word was. <laughs> I don't remember, but um, uh, I'll look it out, uh, look it up in the book. I just was reading it in that book the other day. Anyway, so uh, praise God. When he says that, oh, I'm divorcing Baal, you know, it stands to reason, although I had not thought of it until uh, Lawrence and Kathleen brought us the CDs and the book, but it stands to reason that if God's going to use Tuscaloosa in a mighty way, that we're going to have to clean it up around here spiritually, don't you think? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's what we're endeavoring to do. And praise God. And uh, uh, Pastor got to talk this week to the, uh, the, the, the prayer leader that, you know, like goes to Washington and stuff like we heard on the DVDs. Uh, the one from Alabama. So he had the opportunity to talk to him and we're going to get with him and whatever. And he has some ideas on Tuscaloosa. <laughs> uh, he's been thinking about he's Tuscaloosa's been on his mind. He lives in Birmingham. It needs help too. He said they've been working around Vulcan and, you know, hallelujah. And things like that. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so uh, that's good. Praise the Lord. I'm just seeing if the Lord wants me to share anything else before we get into this. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you can remind me at the end of this, in the end of our time to uh, make some announcements. Okay. So let's talk about victorious mindsets. This all has going along with this. It all flits together, flows together. It we have to have renewed minds. So we'll turn over to Romans chapter 12, 2. Having renewed minds for revival, having renewed minds to move up with God higher and higher, walking in higher levels, experiencing greater blessings, carrying more authority, hallelujah, more authority for decreeing and declaring, more authority in our prayers. Jesus carried the ultimate authority, and we've been given in the new birth the potential to carry ultimate and complete authority, but we have to change some things about our lives. One of the things we have to change is what we say because uh, if we're constantly confessing bad things, God's not going to put much authority in our words. You know what I'm saying? Because He doesn't want bitter and sweet water coming out of the same place with power. 
How you know what I'm saying? So I mean, if you're if you're calling down uh, curses on people and stuff, and we have to clean that out. And I'm not even saying like curses, like saying curse words, or saying you know, but you know, just uh, eat my dust, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you know what I'm saying. You can't be saying those things even if they don't hear you, even if they don't know you. You know, you idiot. Do you even have a brain? He told one person, I forget who I was reading, I believe it was that Shelley whoever that wrote the glory book. I can't remember. Boy, I'm just like, okay, because I'm calling I'm going so many directions right now. But he said uh you could cause somebody to lose their mind if you said that if you were walking in the full authority of your words. But we but then when we pray, we want that full of authority to pray and decree and declare. So we have to clean up our mouth. You know what I'm saying? And so we're all in process of that. Praise God. Cuz we want to increase. Romans 12:2 and that's why they say, some people say, oh, I'm a prophet. Well, the prophet, it, the, there's an old song that says, "He uh, out of the furnace of much affliction, he has chosen me. Behold, the, per, the prophet comes out of the furnace of much affliction. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And as I was reading that verse in preparation, again deciding I wanted to read I wanted us to start with our scripture that we've been using, I felt the Holy Ghost say, look that up in some different versions. And so I did that and the one I found I liked the most, although we may read some others as time goes on, because we've got quite a few of these victorious mindsets to cover, is the Weymouth translation and it says, Do not follow the customs of the present age, but be ye transformed by the entire renewal of your minds that ye may learn by experience what God's will is, that will which is good and beautiful and perfect. I like that, that good and beautiful and perfect. And also I like the part of do not follow the customs of this present age. And so there's lots of customs out there that, could, that, would, could, that involves uh, a lot of things. And we'll talk about that as we go. Uh, the word transform there that Paul used um, is uh, for mostly is a word that talks about, he's talking about the mind. We know it, he is, because he says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we know he's talking about the mind. But that word that he used was rarely used for anything except talking about the body. And so with our bodies also, we are not supposed to be conformed to this world. That would be with uh, what's the world doing? Well, they're tattooing and they're piercing and they're doing all sorts of weird and crazy things with their hair and what they, dre what they dress, how they dress. We're not to conform to that standard. And right now there's a, there's a lot of immodesty in our society with women every the dress it's hard to find a dress now we you know we may have to just go to pants because all the dresses just dive right down to the midway you know and there's and 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 we can't conform to that that's not modest and i know some people 
do fix that by wearing i know i had a friend the other day i saw she had on three layers you know it took three layers to cover it up that's pretty hard in out in alabama in the summertime isn't it to be wearing three layers and so uh but we cannot conform to that so we have to we have to find ways to get around that and to not do that that's not we're not that's not who we are hallelujah and um so uh and and when Paul talked about so our body and that might even be to what that would also include what we listen to what we watch I mean just because they made a movie doesn't mean we have to watch the movie you know what I'm saying and he, and and uh, a lot of movies it just to me it's like PG just gets worse and worse you know, you, you used to, you could kind of watch G and PG and you were pretty safe. But I've seen, a, I've, I've turned on some pretty awful movies that were PG. And so, you know, more and more, it's just getting, it's getting laxer and laxer. And, and, you know, but thank heavens, one thing that's happening is that Christians are making movies now. And, you know, that's, that's starting to happen. And so, and they're, they're really, really good. You know, and uh, God's doing that for us. We we appreciate that. And then, of course, what we're reading. I mean, um, I like to read, and sometimes I like to read something that's fiction. But if you just go get a fiction off the bestseller down here at uh, Barnes & Noble, I guarantee you every other word will be very foul. And, you know, they just put them in where they're unnecessary. Hallelujah. And then in movies that are in my daddy, he says, you know, he was born in 1930. He says, we didn't use those words back in, you know, 1940s when he was going to high school, even though you'll see movies and they about the 40s and they'll show those words. He said that wasn't in the culture. When I was in the Korean War uh, in the early 50s, he wasn't he was in the United States. He didn't go to war. But when that was going on, he said the soldiers weren't using those words. That's not, you know, how they may have been in Vietnam War, but at that point, and yeah, they were, because we've had friends tell us that, that that was pretty much it. So there was a, there's been a great um, infiltration of evil into our society, but thank God for a remnant. Amen? And I think the remnant of the remnants here tonight, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. So we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, and it's, it's also, it's transforming us uh, in our soul, and it's transforming us in our body, the Word of God. You, for we no longer desire to look like that. Uh, when you ask women, I've watched some things on TV about like uh, what not to wear. Do y'all ever watch what not to wear on TLC? Hallelujah. And uh, no, no, Barry's like, hmm, not lately. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, well, what do those girls, those women always say when they say, how would you like, you know, they will ask them. Clinton will ask, well, how do, would you like yourself to look? The word they always use is sexy. Sexy. That is the, even in decorating. Well, how do, would you like to, how, what do you want your house to look like? Well, I want it to be comfortable, but, and a little chic, and a little modern, and a little sexy. It's like we use the word sexy on everything. And, I, you know, I'm sorry, there's just no, and they'll say about that chair, that chair is so sexy. And I'm like, really? <laughs> But it's just like a word that is infiltrated, and every every you want you listen for the word sexy, and you go, you know that's the spirit of this world. Hallelujah. 
You know, because the Bible doesn't tell. Now, you spiritual women, make sure you're sexy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jen. And make sure your house is too. <laughs> when you think about a sexy house, I don't get a vision of a nice, comfortable house. You get a vision of something that looks like a brothel or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, with beads hanging down. Oh, no, that's hippie. That's hippie, isn't it? Not, <laughs> not sexy. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, so, and this transforming of the mind that Paul talked about is a work of the Spirit. It is not mere external conformity. You know, we could, be try we could be conforming on the outside, but not having let a God do a work of the Spirit where our mind is renewed. That's another thing they use sexy on is perfume. It's so sexy. It's so sexy. Listen, let me tell you a little hint. Don't buy their junk. Somebody was trying, oh, here, you let's smell this Britney Spears in some place. And I'm like, I wouldn't wear Britney Spears cologne if it was, there was no other one on the counter. <laughs> Hallelujah, if I had to go out in my yard and break roses apart. And <laughs> smear them on me. Hallelujah. And I wouldn't carry Jessica Simpson purse if it was, if I had to carry a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit she has some pretty ones though, but I'm not going to wear one. Wear one. Okay. Okay. We can tell the renewed mind by how we react under pressure. It's not when things are going good. Hey, you, hey, you know that, don't you? Okay. And then that word prove that you may prove um, um, is a word that they use for metals. And that, that kind of shows us that it's... Because uh, how do we refine metals and stuff? It's pressure and heat. It's turning the pressure up and the heat up. And, but also another meaning for it is uh, to explore, investigate, and ascertain. So he, that you may prove what is the will of God, that you may explore, investigate, and ascertain. You may have to seek God and ex you may not just be able to tell the first thing you hear. It, first time you, uh, you know, I just knew it was the will of God the first time I saw it. That just doesn't happen very often. And a lot of things that look like the will of God might really not be. I know me and Pastor have had some things in our lives that looked like the will of God. We've had church members that looked like the will of God. And man, I tell you. It was a wolf in sheep's clothing, dear Lord. And so, um, and then we go on uh, to good. And where you see, we may prove what is that good, good will of God. That word good is, um, it's not an adjective describing the will of God. It's a noun. And it's, uh, it's, it's that you're, you find out what is good. It's that which promotes the honoring of God and the interests of His kingdom. You find out what promotes. Boy, that would be a good thing to ask us when we go to do some, ask ourselves when we go to do something. Uh, is uh, what would promote the honoring of God here? Well, it wouldn't be that dress that goes down to your navel. You know, what would promote the honoring of God? What would promote the interests of His kingdom? Am I supposed to do this? Well, would that promote the kingdom today? Would that advance the kingdom today? You know, 
I'm a go to prayer, watch American Idol, uh, which one promotes the kingdom? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Okay, okay, perfect. That perfect means free from defect, stain, or injury. In other words, it's complete. Hallelujah. Acceptable. The acceptable means pleasing to God or that which He approves. Pleasing to God or that which He approves. It's acceptable to God. It's a, He approves it. We get God's approval. We get His stamp. Go ahead with that. Yes, do that. And sometimes, you know, we need to get the stamp of those that are in authority over us. When we first started this church, Pastor Webb in Birmingham, he's not there anymore, but he used to be in Birmingham. And uh, anyway, he... He uh, was in. He was over this church. We were under him. He started it. You know, he he bought these chairs. He uh, he paid our salary for the first whole year, and then the then the next year in March, when we'd been a year, we came out from underneath him. But he was starting the church, and so we were coming down here. We were traveling from Trustful at first, and so about we started it in February. And by May, we were like, we're supposed to be there. We're supposed to go full-time. That had not been the original plan. So when we told him we're supposed to go full-time, he said, well, I promised it already to three other people. I don't know how you promise something to three other people. You know, hallelujah. Somebody's going to get messed up there. Hallelujah. So uh, anyway, but that's what he told us. And so uh, we're like, but that's our, we think, we're, we, did not, we didn't say a word to him, but we just said to God, that's our church, God. I mean, we were pacing the floor and we were praying and, and we really had an agenda to go ahead and get down here because we wanted, we didn't want to move Andrew, um, Andrew, Eric, well, they're kind of the same. Uh, they're, <laughs> Eric cloned himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, we, we didn't want to start Eric in the middle of the school year. We wanted him to start his sophomore year here in Tuscaloosa at Hillcrest. Already knew we wanted him at Hillcrest. God gave us that direction. And so um, so anyway, we're like praying, we're walking the floor, we're doing everything. So uh, finally, uh, he, uh, it, I, I can't tell the whole story, but he finally gave his approval. So sometimes we not only need the approval of God, we already had God's approval, but then we need to have the approval of that person that was over us and we one of the ways we told we got his approval and we meant this and we meant it with all our heart is pastor wrote him a letter and a, a note really and handed it to him in church but it was more the length of a letter and you know how pastor is it's a letter <laughs> yeah. and you know with me it's a note three lines you know okay never never mind about that but <laughs> Anyway, and so we said, you know, we're going to do what you say and we will never go against you. Until you give us the go-ahead, we will not go against you. And it changed his heart. It did. God told us to say that. So anyway, we have to get, we got to get that, we got to be well-pleasing to God. And one of the things that's well-pleasing to God is to stay under authority. And to show honor and respect for authority. And you know, I learned a long time ago up from Bill Gothard. Anybody ever heard of Bill Gothard? Way back when? We went to a Bill Gothard seminar. And I don't remember much, but I do remember he said, if you'll submit to authority, even if, they, if you're wanting something and they're saying no, God will work it out for you. If you'll submit to authority. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So let's get into our victorious mindsets. We've nearly taken the whole time on that, but that's good too. Hey, let's pass these out. 
I wanted to give you a copy of this so we can read this together. This is our victorious mindset number 16. Hallelujah. Victorious mindset number 16. This is, this is our ninth time to teach on victorious mindsets. And the renewing of our mind. And these are just a, the victorious mindsets are some of the things, the areas we need our mind renewed in. So in other words, we're going through all these things making sure I have my mind renewed in this area. I'm thinking right in this area. I know how God wants it in this area. Hallelujah. You need some more over on the right or left or whatever. <laughs> Pastor and, and Anita. Everybody get one now? Okay. This is I, number 16 is I don't have to be perfect. And when we realize this, we understand that we overcome chronic unworthiness. Did anybody ever feel unworthy? I bet all of us in here have sometimes has felt very unworthy. A lot of times when God asks us to do something new, all of a sudden we feel inadequate and unworthy and the devil he's so faithful to bring up our past well the reason you're unworthy is because of this 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 and this and sometimes he doesn't even have to go back very far yeah i mean you probably yelled at the kid yesterday and you could have unworthiness i know i've come to church many when i had kids i've come to church many a night totally unworthy because i was like in the back seat, you know. And Eric, uh, I, I have to pray a loss of memory over Colin and Eric all the time. Just, oh, Lord, please help them, you know. Because their mama, you know, was I was stressed to the max. We were pastors. We were uneducated as far as, well, I don't know what that means. But we were educated in uh, the natural sense, but totally in the spiritual sense, had no sense whatsoever. It, just learning is what I'm trying to say. Didn't know anything. Really weren't connected to anybody much. You know, the peop the person we were calling pastor, he had been doing it one year longer than we had. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And um, hallelujah, I mean, hormones. You're that that age as a woman when your hormones are just all over the place. The, the, I was dealing with panic attacks. I mean, it's a wonder that Colin and Eric survived it all. I mean, it is. It was stri We had strife in the church. We had people split in the church. You know, we had fin the, the financial, always financial pressure. Someone said the other day, I believe it was um, Andrew Womack, when he went to see Oral Roberts in, in his home before he uh, went to be with the Lord, he said, they, somebody asked Oral, said, Oral, what was the biggest thing you dealt with your entire ministry? And he said, financial pressure. And, and every minister deals with financial pressure. If you've got a lot of money coming in, God just asks you to do more. <laughs> Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. It don't matter what level you're at. You could have 10,000 here, and you'd be like, okay. And if you don't have financial pressure and you got 10,000 people, you just ain't doing nothing. You know? Yeah, you're just not launching out very deep. You're just staying in shallow water where everything's all safe. Hallelujah. <clears throat> So anyway, it's just um, this unworthiness. And so we battle unworthiness 
many times, even when we're mature Christians, something will come up, something will happen, you snapped at somebody, get in strife with your husband, no better than that, you know, hallelujah, praise God. So this is something that's ongoing. And if you say, man, I don't ever feel unworthy, I don't believe you. Hallelujah. You might can convince somebody, but I don't. Okay, let's go over this. The next time you feel like God can't use you, just remember that. We'll read this together. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ three times. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we came to the conclusion tonight, a poor background does not disqualify us from a great future or to be used of God powerfully. Everything can change today. Obviously, we want to move out of dysfunctional behavior. But praise God, we're rejoicing knowing there is hope for all. And so even, you know, uh, Laquina gave her testimony of the back, her background tonight. And that sounded, that sounded like a lot to overcome. But a poor background does not disqualify us. Hallelujah. Think about James Robinson has a horrible background. Think about Tim Tebow. He was nearly aborted. Think about all the people that came from just, you know, ho horrible things. Horrible things. And our Bible characters here tonight. Hallelujah. So I wanted to do that. And then number 17, we'll get started with that a little bit. Won't get very far, obviously. Is uh, the number 17, Victorious Mindset, is I have a great work to do. Everybody say that with me. I have a great work to do. Did you know that God has an assignment on every person's life? And, you know, that can, ju and just because you're not in full-time ministry does not mean you're not called of God. He assigns different people to different things. I've always felt like, uh, first of all, that funeral directors were the most called. They, uh, you know, you got to be called. Amen. And you got to be graced. Hallelujah. But somebody's got to do it. You know, and then we think about firemen and the grace that's on them and policemen and the grace that's on them. They have to have a tremendous amount of grace not to be scared. How would you like to be a fireman in Boston or New York City or Baltimore, which they say is horribly corrupt, and um, all these places? Think about prison guards and the grace that has to be on them. And if they're doing it not under grace, I'm telling you, they are messed up in their minds. I can guarantee you. Uh, nurses, doctors, and what they see every day. And, um, you know, there is just a call on all of us to do something. And even if you're, uh, if there's a little grandmother in the nursing home, I just believe with all my heart that every person uh, that's a Christian that uh, can't do anything else, they're called to pray. And I wish they all knew it. 
instead of watching One Life to Live, Days of Our Lives, CNN, on, they're on the CNN loop, which they, they show the same thing all day, every day. Did y'all realize that? Unless there's a news alert. And then you, think, you see that coming across. Breaking news, news alert, and you're going, and then you realize, oh, they did that last hour. It's the same breaking news that broke last hour. Every once in a while they get a new one, you know. But it's hallelujah. So we're called to pray. There's an assignment on us. We'll never run out of something to do for God. It, and you're qualified. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how small. And in my grandmother, when she, she prayed me through my entire life, and she did it before she was baptized in the Holy Ghost, she didn't know how to even pray in tongues. Didn't even know there'd be such a thing. And she prayed us through. She prayed my, my, my uncle, her youngest son, through two tours in Vietnam. Helicopter pilot. Yeah. Through two, two tours. Two tours to me and one in Dominican Republic. And uh, she prayed him through that and didn't even know tongues, didn't know anything. Just got down on her knees every day. Her and grand grand, I'd hear them. I'd be standing there. I'd hear them in there praying. Sometimes I'd pray with them. And uh, hallelujah. All the men in the service, I remember that. Bless Uncle Sam. Take care of Uncle Sam. And all the men in the service. You know, that was, that was as much as she knew nearly, but she got us through. And I know she got me through because my parents weren't acting very spiritual. Amen. And so I always give her credit for that I didn't rebel. I didn't smoke. Both parents smoking. You know, I didn't ever smoke. I wasn't even tempted. Um, I mean, I give her credit for all of that. So we're called to pray. Grandmothers, mothers, grandfathers. Hallelujah. Amen. So um, <clears throat> I have a great work to do. And you, when we realize that we have a great work to do, here's what we overcome. We overcome being offended. When we realize we've got a great work to do, we overcome being offended. And let's turn over to Nehemiah chapter 6. One of the things the Lord showed me about this is if you're just totally involved in what you're doing even if it's not the work of God even if you wouldn't even call it spiritual even if you don't even know if you're called of God to do it and even if you're not called to do it if you're busy doing and especially if you're busy doing the will of God and you know what you're supposed to do you're not you're not you're just don't offenses just kind of bounce off of you because you don't have time to mess with that you don't have time to think about that and the Lord kind of gave me the example, two examples. He, one he gave me is like if you were the CEO of IBM. And think about how busy that man is. And think about how much money he makes too. Uh, the CEO of Walmart, I read, made $21 million last year. Uh, that's, that's all. And uh, just change. And uh, hallelujah. But anyway, you're so busy. You've got, you know, the White House, may, you may be Fix, need to return a call to the White House if you're the CEO of one of these big companies. I mean, you've got decisions to make. You've got mergers. You've got overseas things. You've got clients. You've got, oh, man, you've got all this stuff. And some little secretary downstairs says, he's mean. He's, he's rude. It's like he would go, he wouldn't even give it that. Why? 
because he it, he wouldn't even give it enough attention to fire for complaining among the other employees. Why? Because he's in pursuit of something. He's in pursuit of another 21 million. Hallelujah. It's what he's in. But then think about somebody in the kingdom. I thought about John Smithwick. And I mean, he's going to the mission field and he's planning the next trip and he's, he's over there and he's in the bush and he's uh, in the... He's in Peru, he's in Thailand, he's in uh, Nepal, he's in, oh, wherever, Pakistan. And, you know, and somebody uh, accused him and called him something and said he was, he was this and he was that. And it's like, what? And just go on with the will of God if you even hear about it or if you even, hallelujah. Because he's so in pursuit. And that's one of the easiest ways to quit ever being offended is get just get totally in pursuit of the kingdom of God. And he's got so much for us to do. And, then, and so when that next time somebody says something about you or criticizes you, hallelujah, you'll be just, it's, it'll be no more than a gnat or a mosquito. It's like, what? You know? And, you know, you'll have people cry, oh, well, they didn't even care that I was hurt. We've got to run after the kingdom. We're going after the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big job we've got to do. So knowing I have a great work, I have a great work to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, you know, I'm not going to pay any attention now, I'm paying attention to you because you're in covenant with us. If you're tithing and you're praying and you're in prayer with us, and you're do, then we're in covenant, so I'm going to pay attention to you. But some whiny visitor that hadn't been to church in 20 years, I don't care what they think about us. Get in or get out. But, and you can have every, and I'm not being rude. You, we'll give you everything we've got. But don't come in here griping. And are trying to tell us how to do it. You can't believe the visitors we've had that come, come up and tell us how to do it. It's like, are you retarded? But I don't say that because my words are powerful. But it's always people that don't know. They're not doing anything for God that are the most critical. And they're trying to, you know what, they, they're sent by the devil to try to offend you mostly. Because it's like, oh, that visitor was offended. And I just felt so sorry for him. It's like, you need to toughen up. Listen, folks, where we're going with a move of God, it's messy. It's messy. And you and I and us, we got to have our, all of our heads screwed on straight to keep them straight. Because when you start having revival, the nuts, fruits, and flakes, a lot of good people show up looking for God and wanting God and hungry for God, but the nuts, fruits, and flakes that have cruised around Tuscaloosa and Alabama for 25 or 30 years, they're going to all show up at one time. They were all down there at Lakeland. They just, show, they just go from revival to revival to revival, and, they're, and some of them are weird. And they don't have any foundation, and they don't know the word, and they just—they just like the move of God. It is—it's fun. Amen. And you know, you just gotta 
You just got to go with it. But we got to be able to discern it. We got to be able to discern what's God, what's not God. Hallelujah. We got to grow up here. We got to be so mature. We're not. We just... Boy, I tell you, and we and you know what? You know what the one of the, when and this is one of the things we're having to pursue right now is this maturity and this growth and this understanding because the religious community in Tuscaloosa will try to eat our lunch as soon as we have the first notable miracle. Get ready. Get ready. You don't think religion down the street's going to say, "Oh wow, hallelujah!" No, there'll be they're they're not. They're going to say it's the devil. And that's why, you know, you know why revival hadn't come. We hadn't been ready. We hadn't been mature enough. Hallelujah! We got to be strong physically. I'm glad God's about to do some marvelous things for the church. I mean, revival's tiring. And there's lots of pressure. Demanding. It's demanding. Hallelujah. And we gotta be covenanted together. We gotta stick together. We gotta know that we're that we're that we're more we're not, you know, it's just like, well, they didn't do it like I liked it, so I'm leaving. Well you know, that's not helpful. Hallelujah. Because you know when you get in revival, you had never been there before. You're feeling your way. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay, we're going to get over here to Nehemiah. And we're going to read it, read it and then we're going to close. Nehemiah 6. I can't even find Nehemiah. There it is. <laughs> I knew it was before Psalms. Nehemiah 6 verse 2. That, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, he sent unto Nehemiah, saying, uh, Come, let us meet together in, some, in same one of the some one of the villages. I don't know if that's same or some because I don't have my glasses on. Some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? You know, the first clue here was the, the town's name. Oh, no. Oh, no. When you, every time they want you to go down to oh, no, don't go. Hallelujah. Um, so that was the first clue. The, the second thing we see in here that's really good um, is uh, he said, I'm doing a great work. I want to ask you, are you doing a great work right now? Because if you are, there's not much anything going to bother you because you know you're so called. You know you're so supposed to be doing what you're doing right now. You may not do it forever, but you know right now I'm supposed to do this. And I'm going to do it with all my heart, and I'm going to do it with excellence, and I'm going to be, the, I'm going to have it on time. Hallelujah. I'm going to have it, uh, it's going to be well done. Hallelujah. Pastor's not going to have to worry about it. He's not going to have to think about it. Hallelujah. He'll just know that I'm in charge and it's taken care of. Hallelujah. 
But the devil wants us to come down. Hallelujah. The devil will interrupt us. He will always try to interrupt us. But we've got to have positive focus and a sense of destiny. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. We'll talk about this some more next week. We'll finish this one up. It's don't have much more, but have a little. And then we'll go on to the other. Now, uh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So everybody in here, you if you don't have your sense of destiny, you're seeking it. You're looking for your destiny. Lord, what am I supposed to do? Hallelujah. What am I supposed to do? And we've got a great work to do. We've got God's assigned this church a this church a great work. You know, Melissa Monday night in prayer talked about how remnants. You know, God always looks for a remnant He can use. Hallelujah! And we've signed that paper and said, "Here am I, Lord, send us. You can use us here in Tuscaloosa County. We'll pray the prayers. We'll 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 go do the prophetic acts." Hallelujah. No, no, no. We're too busy. It's like, give me strength. You know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too important in the kingdom of God. And that's not, you know, I'm not being prideful about that. I'm just too important to let the devil take me out by some little whiny person. Hallelujah. You're too important. Your job is important. Thank you, Jesus. Find out what, if you're supposed to be here. And then be here and do it. And complete your destiny. Amen? Come see Pastor and say, Pastor, I can do more than I'm doing right now. You know, you would need to have 911 on speakerphone. Or on your dial thing. Because... Nobody in 30 years has ever said that. Lord, uh, Pastor, I'd like to do more. I want to serve. I want to I do something. Now, you know, we've had people that said they, were in, they came to church last week and they want to preach. Literally. Oh, I mean, that's happened a lot. We've, we've had them that didn't even come to church yet that want to preach. You know, you hadn't even been to church one time and you want to preach. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 